changing your life one story at a time. This is the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast with Editor-in-Chief Amy Newmark. Hey, it's Amy Newmark with your daily dose of Chicken Soup for the Soul inspiration to make you simply happy. It's Friend Friday, and today Natasha Stoinoff is going to join us again. She's a good friend, and she's one of my co-authors on our new book that is coming out on Tuesday, December 27th. It's called Chicken Soup for the Soul, Curvy and Confident. So, Natasha, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, Amy. Glad to be back. So, for everybody out there, Natasha and I met in the most serendipitous way. There was a little article about her in our local free newspaper, which is already closed. This was a few years ago. And I saw this article, and I thought, I need to meet this person. And I had one of our editors get in touch with Natasha, and then we met, and then we ended up doing, I guess you wrote a story for us. Then we then we did a whole book together. We did Chicken Soup for the Soul, Hope, and Miracles together. And then we kept in touch, and then you came to me with the idea for this new book. Yeah. You know, I had been friends with Emmy for so long, and... And after working on those books with you, it just sort of gelled in my mind that something with the timing was right. And we talked about it. And then all those events started happening one after the other. Yes. So Natasha introduced me to supermodel Emmy, who was the first really famous superstar plus size model back in the 1990s. And Emmy is terrific. She's like super athletic. She carries herself proudly. She's gorgeous. And she has a very healthy message out there for women. And at the same time that Natasha was saying to me, you got to meet Emmy, we had the Kirby Barbie come out. We had the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue with the plus size models and athletes in it. We have the Lane Bryant ads on the side of buses uh, featuring their plus size clothing. So Natasha did us a huge favor by putting us together with Emmy and then you and Emmy had such a great time picking the stories for this book. Oh, my gosh. I only wish that we had been there together in person with some wine in front of us. But we talked constantly and kept emailing each other saying, did you read this one? Did you read this one? We loved it. Yeah, and we had thousands of submissions for that book. And just to give you all some background on Natasha, she has been a writer her whole life, starting as a teenager where she was writing interviews and getting them published in her local papers in her hometown of Toronto. And she studied journalism and English and psychology at York University. And then she worked at the Toronto Star. She worked at the Toronto Sun. Then she became a correspondent for People and Time magazines. Uh, yep. She moved to New York and was a very prominent writer for People magazine. And she's written, I think, 12 books now, right? often as a named ghostwriter, I guess is what you would call it, right? I don't even think I'm a ghostwriter because if you have your name on it, you're not a ghost. Okay. But there were a couple of ghostwritings in there, yeah. Oh, okay. So anyway, this book, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Curvy and Confident, is Natasha's 12th book. It's actually her third book that she's worked on with me because in addition to the Hope and Miracles book and this Curvy and Confident book, Natasha was like my writing coach for my Simply Happy book because I really didn't know how to get all of my thoughts organized and into one volume that would be helpful to people. And she helped me outline the whole thing and 
really walked me through the whole process of creating my own book from scratch and spent a lot of time staying at my house and a lot of time sitting around my dining room table with me until midnight. So we have a lot of collaborations together. So let's talk about Curvy and Confident now. And tell me what you think some of the key themes are from our book and how it will help women. You know, there are a couple of themes that really stood out to me. First of all, um, I laughed and cried reading all the stories. And I just want to tell you that I want to call up each one of the contributors and talk to them and, and thank them and cry with them and, and laugh with them. But so a couple of things um, affected me that I saw were, was a recur recurring themes. One was how so many women have not lived their lives and live the most important moments of their lives because they were afraid of how they looked or they didn't like how they looked. Whether that was not going swimming with their kids because they didn't want to put on a bathing suit or, you know, not going to important function because they didn't think they looked good and they didn't fit into the dress. And, and then you realize that life is so short and you've missed these moments. And so many of our contributors come to that realization and then say, that's it. I'm going to live my life. I'm not going to let some image of what people tell me I'm supposed to look like interfere with me living my life. If you think you're five pounds, you know, overweight, if you think the wrong shape, or if you're 50, you think you're 50 pounds overweight. Uh, so many women, different sizes go through that. It's true. Women do withdraw from activities when they don't think they're looking good. And I think men are much more likely to just plow ahead and do everything anyway. And I think this is such an important message to be bringing out at this time of year because we're entering that whole new year, new you, new cycle where mm -hmm. women are being bombarded by talk shows, news shows, magazine articles, everything about how they can get thinner, how they can look better, how they are not okay the way that they are. And we're here with an anti-New Year's resolution book to say, no, be happy with the body that you were issued at birth and just be fit within the body type that comes naturally to you. And enjoy life. I mean, people have just, people have just will have spent weeks in celebrating with their family, having holidays, having some dessert. And then why punish ourselves after that? These are important family gatherings filled with love. Yeah, there was a great story that just keeps coming back to me. And I've done some clothes shopping since we, since we made the book and sent it to the printer. And I kept thinking about this because we had a contributor named Maxine Young who said that basically she had been dressing like a middle-aged church lady since her high school days. And because she was a plus-size woman, she thought she was always supposed to hide inside you know, yards and yards of black cloth. And then one day she was at a clothing store and there was a young sales lady there who said, are these clothes for you? And when Maxine said they were, the sales lady took her by the hand and said, you're not buying any of these clothes. And she took her back to the racks and made her pick out beautiful clothes in bright colors, ones that it would actually closely fit Maxine's body, not cover it up in a tent and she went out of there with a whole new perspective on life. And she wore those clothes proudly. They were colorful. They were form-fitting. They showed off her curves. And I thought that was such an important story for us to tell. I loved that story. I loved how it's almost like in your life, there's one an angel or something that can just 
a stranger in a few minutes can change your life and change your perspective. Yeah. You know what else really affected me? Um, there's a story that you and Emmy picked out by Regina Sunshine Robinson, and she uh, was a plus size woman. She worked at a college and there was a college student there who was plus size also, although she hadn't always been. She had been a swimsuit model, actually, but then she had gained a lot of weight after she went through a divorce. And that girl thought that Regina looked so great, so hot, and yet thought that she looked terrible. And Regina pointed out to this girl, whose name was Darla, that Regina was actually a lot more plus size than Darla was plus size. And she said to Darla, how do I walk into a room? Do I walk in like I own the building? Do I walk in with my head up and my shoulders back like I'm the baddest thing moving? Do I walk with my bad head mama down? Jama. Exactly. She said, do, do I walk in like I just heard she's a bad mama jama playing just for me? And that opened Darla's eyes and she started walking everywhere proudly. So I just went on a beach vacation and I had to wear my bathing suit. And I kept thinking about that message and I tried to walk standing tall and, you know, just be confident walking around in my bathing suit and actually have a good time on my vacation instead of trying to hide. And did you? Did you? You said you were going to. I did it. Did you do I, it? No, I actually, I did do it. I did do it. I mean, I, that was the vacation where I jumped off the cliff and mm-hmm. paraglided down. Like I did a lot of things that were scary. So I don't know, maybe wearing, wearing my bathing suit was equal in scariness to jumping off the cliff. That is possible. <laughs> totally. <laughs> you know, that, that story reminded me of two other things that I thought were very important. Um, one is that how we feel inside show, you know, affects our confidence with our body. Because I remember that woman, she had had a, come through a bad marriage, hadn't she? And she had a husband who had said very negative things to her and, um, about her weight. And so inside, she did not feel good about herself. And also, it shows uh, one of the other threads I think a lot of the contributors talked about were how the words that people said to them affected their perception of themselves and stayed with them for so long that, that people can, you know, even from childhood, we have stories of people being called names, and they live with that for so long, and that affects their confidence with their body. Yeah, even family members, mothers and fathers well-meaning aunts and uncles saying things to them that made them feel very insecure about their bodies. And we actually have a lot of stories in the book about eating disorders and a lot of helpful tips for family members about how they should speak to their younger family members about their bodies and their weight and how to do it in a healthy way that doesn't lead to children becoming anorexic or bulimic. I know. And, you know, I was thinking about that and I was thinking today how I hope that I know this book is for all ages, but I was really hoping that girls 12, 13 read it because I was relooking at my story, the letter to myself uh, as a 12 year old. And and you you want so much to, to get girls at that age and say a few important things. And I hope that they can read the book and absorb some of these these ideas that we're, we're trying to, to to pass along to them. Yeah, and that their moms can get some clues as to the exact right way to talk to your daughter. Like, do not look at your daughter when she's wearing a short skirt and say, oh, do you really want to show your legs that much? Because then your daughter is just going to feel bad about her legs and you might be setting her on the wrong path. 
You just have to be very careful about the negative messaging, especially to insecure preteens and teens. And how many girls who are preteens are secure? Oh my gosh! Uh, you know, yeah, it's the most insecure time of your life. I so remember even that. Like that throws you off. I weighed yeah. like a hundred pounds, maybe, maybe ninety-eight pounds in high school, mm-hmm. and I found these um, pieces of paper from high school, and I was looking at the pieces of paper, and I saw like I'd written down apple sixty, and I thought, why did I write apple sixty? Like there was no apple mm-hmm. stock then. There was no stock price of sixty <laughs> for apple. And then I realized I had written down apple 60 calories and I was so skinny. I mean, I think my mother used to give me like Ensure or one of those things to drink because I was too skinny. And there I was writing down apple 60 and I found it and I was really horrified. And it just shows how even the skinniest little girl can can develop bad body image problems from an early age. Well, it's great progress that you didn't know what the 60 meant. Because as soon as you said that, I knew exactly what it meant. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I actually do kind of still know that an apple has 60 calories. Or depending on how big it is, it might have Depends 80. The, yeah, if it's large or small. But I don't really care anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that you and I and Emmy have done a great thing. And I hope that people will pick up Chicken Soup for the Soul, curvy and confident, and use it to change their perspectives and share it with other men and women who need to have their perspectives changed. And I want to thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. Thanks so much, Amy. It's my honor. Well, we're honored to have you. And I know we'll be on the podcast together again in the future. Thank you, everyone, for listening today. We want to wish you a wonderful Hanukkah or Christmas holiday season starting this weekend. Next week, we'll be rerunning a week of podcasts from last April, and they'll get you thinking about some things you can do in the new year to have a fuller life, one filled with happiness, new challenges, and more self-awareness. And don't forget, you can pick up a copy of our new book about curvy and confident women starting Tuesday, and you can learn more about it on our website, chickensoup.com. 